0: Get started if you guys are both uh, ready and willing. Yep, that sounds good. Let's do it. Cool. So, thank you very much for tuning in to the Fun Size podcast called The Hustle. Appreciate you all, all joining us today. Today, we're um, joined by Adam Saint from Bench, and you can go check out their site at bench.co. I'm, with, uh, I'm Rick, Rick Messer. I'm a product designer at Fun Size. I'm with Anthony. Hi, I'm Anthony, experienced director and partner at FunSize, part-time janitor, part-time janitor, <laughs> dog Something wrangler, dog, dog sitter, <laughs> dog wrangler. Yeah, we're with uh, Adam Saint. Uh, hey, Adam, how's it going, man? Hey, Rick, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, Adam, you are a product designer at um, at Bench. Can you uh, just give us a little bit of an overview of what what Bench is and what it does? What makes it unique? <clears throat>
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what's unique about us is that we've taken a really, really traditional pain um, in doing business, which is bookkeeping. And we've smoothed it out completely and kind of taken it off of the plates of entrepreneurs by um, mixing mixing some classical elements of uh, service with um, software and, and design. Yeah, Anthony was
0: telling me that you guys kind of like basically you get a real human being, right? It's not just automated kind of software that, is that is that how it that,
1: works? that that is that is bench um i would consider us more an accounting firm than a SaaS company um certainly we, we take product design and, and technology very seriously um but we believe that's just one tool in the kit of of rendering like really exceptional service for our customers yeah no doubt i mean anthony raves about it um
0: why why is it called bench what does that mean I just thought of that just now because I think someone's going to ask me and I don't actually know what's where the name come from. You know, (laughs) Do do you have a good answer for me? Maybe I shouldn't have put you on the spot with that.
1: No, I mean, it depends how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. Oh, I asked a bigger uh, we, question we, we were, than you thought. We were originally, um, when we started out at, way back when, just kind of as a SaaS company, or mm-hmm. um, that's what we thought we were, uh, we were called Ten Sheet. Uh, I had nothing to do with that name. Um, that was my co-founder, Ian Sol, uh, placed the blame squarely on him. But at a certain point, we realized <laughs> we had to rebrand and, and really start um, getting serious about our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through a whole bunch of different exercises and um, keyed in on on a theme that we really liked that kind of came um, – I don't know what you want to say, like post-Web 2.0 where people stopped making up stupid words. And, I'm you know, so glad that's like
0: over, that. dude. I'm so glad yeah. 2.0 yeah, – <laughs> Web 2.0 doesn't exist. You didn't yeah, – so it, not, we, no bencher or – Bencher?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we wanted to – we liked the – the theme of reappropriating common nouns um, mm-hmm. that, that evoked a certain feeling or mood um, and we really liked Bench uh, and it fit with actually our, our sort of financial background too um, if you actually go back and look uh, at the the history of bookkeeping and banking and all that sort of stuff um, it was first developed as an industry in Renaissance Italy um, and it was literally uh, served from the Bench in open air markets uh, uh-huh. and yeah, so the the Italian for bench is Banca, or now Bank. What? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea I was asking such an in-depth historical
1: question. that That is actually, man, that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. Don't, don't get me wrong. We came up with bench first, liked it, and then we tried to fix all the decisions. <laughs> a bunch of cool historical uh-huh. stuff. Did yeah. Did Yeah, you know how it goes. Wow. That's
0: cool. Yeah, definitely yeah. did not know that. That's pretty neat glad I asked that question randomly. (laughs) Cool. Um, Adam, we wanted to talk to you today about uh, product design. Obviously, you know a thing or two about that. Um, We do a bit of that ourselves, and we are just talking all the time about what are the responsibilities of being a product designer because it's obviously more than just being, you know, I'm a UI designer. I'm an icon designer. I'm a illustrator i'm a you know specified you know thing like a product designer is going to have a much broader role of responsibilities and that list just continues to grow so it's a certain point one has to ask themselves where does this end like what when does when do you become because certainly like one person can't just be in charge of every facet you know that 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 comes along so um in the future, what does a product designer look like? Do we, because there's obviously been a bit of evolution on the product designer, like that. Even even the term itself is sort of new. But, um, I thought we would uh, just just talk a little bit about what are the what what does a designer a product designer look like in the future, right? And where do we draw the line on what the responsibilities are, right? I mean, is it all necessary to you know be in charge of not only the design and the ux uh but also then the code and you know you're a front-end developer you're all these all these sorts of things what what do you what do you think is like the line right like when when do you think okay this this is a specialist job a special you know person in charge of this or whatever
1: Yeah, it's an interesting topic. I think, like the, like you said, the term product designer is is pretty recent um, and mm-hmm. it sort of became trendy. Yeah, um, to just wrap up all those activities in product design, um, and mm-hmm. I think when you mention broadness, that's really the crucial point. Um, like if you look at the definition of, of what product is, it's really just the totality of all of the output, um, whether it's service or, or tangible items or whatever that come out of a company. Mm -hmm. And I think a product designer's responsibility and job is to be cognizant of all of those things and understand enough of them, um, that he or she can direct the entire process. Um, so often that does involve, knowing how to animate or design UI or um any of those things. But I yeah. think yeah. I think it, it's a it's the role of a consummate generalist, someone who needs to understand enough to work with specialists like like an icon designer or an animator um or a graphic designer and I agree. Un- yeah. understand where those tools and where that output fits into the overall um system that the product designer is working on. What is uh, it what 's
0: it like at bench
1: how's how 's your team sort of set up <clears throat> um, <laughs> I mean my team is very small right now uh there 's two of us we're we 're expanding soon but um, I think just by default because of our limited size uh, we we completely embody this this vision of the product designer as the consummate generalist i think that's
0: to- an important very important um, point to to add is the size of the team because it is more of like you're saying a generalist when you're on a smaller team because you're quite frankly out of necessity right
2: i think it's also in some cases it's misunderstood like um when i worked at evernote that team had a strong history of valuing engineering Mm. the team that i was on had two designers and yeah 20 or 30 engineers
0: i yeah i've been in that boat Uh, too so
2: it, it, it it can be intentional but sometimes it's um Sometimes it's just a, sometimes some teams I think are structured that way from, you know, because of ignorance. Um, mm. but I think sometimes, uh, it's intentional. I'm really, I have something that I, that I've been talking about lately, um, that's directly related to this that I'd like to see if you guys agree with. Um, i recently did, did a talk called adapting to change. Uh, and I was talking to a bunch of agency owners about how, um, how we, what we need to be thinking about in the future to be, to stay relevant and the best way that I could sort of describe, summarize the whole talk is like, you know, if you imagine a skateboard ramp, right. And the, the left side of the ramp where it's like deep and broad is where we were when web was just coming out, you know, cause mm-hmm. designers had to, you know, the, the web was young and we had an interactive DVD ROM. And so we were generalists. We knew a little bit about animation. We le- knew a little bit about um, copywriting and storytelling. We knew a little bit about audio. We knew just enough. We were just at that stage learning how to design user interfaces and then, you know, towards the middle of the ramp as, you know, as the web got so big mm-hmm. responsive web and mobile specifically, I think what has happened is for a while now, things have been, people have been very specialized. Like I'm a mobile designer. Or yeah. So I'm that's a web part
0: where it goes right. down on the half pipe yeah. and it gets more narrow. Yeah. Right?
2: And as you know, you know, this product and service world is just starting. So my prediction is that to be relevant, to be hireable, uh, to not fall off the face of the earth or change jobs, you have to be a generalist.
0: Yeah, um, and it's so, sort of like started out general, you're saying, yeah. then sort of narrowed, and now it's sort of opening up again to more of a general. general but I also
2: thing. think that people should be T shaped. You know, like broad, you know, broad in general, but deep one area deep in deep, one area, deep area deep expertise. of
0: expertise. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, Adam, I apologize, man. I think I cut you off there. What you were talking about your team.
1: Um yeah, I mean I'm thinking more about what Anthony said now actually. Uh I'm I, sorry. I, man. <laughs> I, no, 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 it's it's fine. I agree with Anthony's sentiment and I think what product design maybe is and it's it's not to say that it's necessarily above any of those specialties but I feel like it's a natural evolution as someone moves from being immersed in the craft and understanding all of those things and then they want to start to get deeper into the actual core of whatever business they're working with Um, and move into management, you know, all that kind of stuff. I I hesitate to say management, but really it is a form. I think product design is a form of direction. Like you're a director for a system of of activities and you need enough understanding that T-shaped understanding Mm. of specifically design um, subspecialties, but also the entire business to really effectively direct the product. So I think on the path to being a product designer, it is vital for you to immerse yourself in all of those things like typography and graphic design and animation, and really understand all of those different aspects and love them, um, but eventually you start to become interested in more than that like how do these instead of just being a craftsperson person mm-hmm. um, or a or a vendor of of these sort of artifacts and outputs um, you want to take control of more than that and, and and slot all of these things into into a larger system, I think as you become sort
0: of spreading your focus uh, onto all the different, like, parts, you know, that you need to to uh, keep your eye on. Like you mentioned, there's animation, there's the overall UX, there's the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve on a, on a product, um, and, you know, I feel like there's even a lot more avenues than that, but can you still be, like, uh, a designer, you know, at that point, like... I, at what point do you spread yourself so thin that you're no longer even really able to, um, be, you know, I'm trying to ask like sort of a general question because it seems like yeah. there's gotta be some balance somewhere.
1: Uh, I just, I think it depends how you define design and what a designer is. Like I, in my own experience now, even with our small, smallish team at Bench, uh, I've done so few UI mockups and other sort of tangible outputs that you would consider the the wheelhouse of a designer um, and so much more management and planning and um, those sorts of activities. And I feel like I'm a more effective designer than I ever have been. Um, like if you go to the sort of root idea of design or, around planning yeah. and deciding, deciding like how a thing should be, um, whether that thing is, uh, you know, a power tool or a software system or something. Um, I think that, re- I think that really is design. I don't think design is typography. Um, right. Typo- typography is a thing and it's a tool in the toolkit of a designer, but a designer really is, uh, just a systems thinker or a planner of some kind. Man, systems
0: thinker. That's, that's kind of how my mind works is like building a system. That's always how I want to approach everything. Like, I Anthony's the same way, like. Yeah, Anthony is chasing a uh what do you call it? It's like a, a white uh it, it it's a figurative like white caribou or something, <laughs> I think, when he because he's always trying to set up the most perfect like uh system that everything could kind of work by. Um But the, the the truth is that like as you know, we're always dealing with a different user base and mm-hmm. a different client. At least we are, since we work with clients. Yeah. Um, that is something that we always have to be recrafting. Yeah. And
2: yeah, the, 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 that role and responsibility has changed drastically. You know, it's not, it's very rare that someone gives you a brief that says, you know, here is my detailed specification for this product that I need to make. Go design this and deliver it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where the systems planning comes in because. Sure, I mean, you know, whatever your specialty is, like the systems planning, the project management, the product management, the long, the short term, midterm, and long term thinking, is the only way you're going to be able to get something out the door and understand how it's going to progress over time, and become better. I, I really like the way Adam phrased that. I, I got into an argument accidentally on Twitter uh, with Jay Finelli uh, from Cotton Bureau uh, because I had said. uh, I wrote this tweet that said, man, designers need to be better project managers. And, you oh, know,
0: yeah, he, I remember that. Yeah. He,
2: he wrote back, he's like, when is this going to end? When right. This- and, and you know, right. I understand the sentiment because, you know, I think a lot of people hear, oh, well, now you have to know this. Now you have to know this. Yeah.
0: Like all of a sudden, every dribble post that comes out, like, not only is it just fantastic looking UI, there's also like an entire animation where it like flips around, and does all this stuff. So then you also have to have these. Can, kick-ass animation skills yeah. as well and it's like there's always all this stuff you have to be learning so but i
2: but i think there there is a bit of an extent because i don't think my personal view is that you don't have to know all these things but you have to be able to empathize with them you know like uh you and if your team needs to like maybe the individual needs to be T, t-shaped but this so does the team mm-hmm. you know like a product manager needs to understand and contribute to design a designer needs to understand and contribute to Project management or product management. It's not you. It's not you. Just can't hand something over the fence and then blame someone for something else not being done. It's a true, in my opinion. Oh, sure, we can. That's how the agencies <laughs> have been
1: doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I think it's important to just focus on that system and fo- focus on what you're building the system for. Understand where right. the desired outcome is, and then see where any of those particular tools fit into getting you closer to that goal like you you know you can sit on dribble and get anxiety about not knowing how to animate well but um i think something that designers aren't even thinking about a lot of the time is uh should i know about behavioral economics or uh, cognitive psychology um you know it doesn't produce any sort of like visual design output but i think those are just as vital to understanding how to keyframe an animation um so it is really just understanding that system, what the desired outcome is, and then figuring out what kind of lattice work of skills you need to put together
0: in order to make it work. That's well put, man. I I think so. Like you, it's like you become, you're no longer just working with one Photoshop document, right? (laughs) You take a step out of that and then you're sort of designing the whole picture, like the whole, like feeling the whole, you know, everything about that product.
1: Yeah. The entire thing, and then I think you often find, um, as as a designer, if, if you start to to elevate your thinking to that level, you find a lot more kinship with um, you know business people and and other folks too, where they're they're all trying to get to that same outcome and realize that truth, um, but they just have a different skill set, and you can actually bring this incredibly powerful skill set to bear uh, to try and reach that goal. Um, that's another thing that like. I think designers focus so much on <clears throat> what they think are deliverables, but actually they're incredible tools for persuasion and influence as well. Like an interface shouldn't just be an endpoint that you deliver at the end of the day. An interface is actually this extraordinary tool for convincing other people of the right direction to go. And even internally, right? Like there's, there's this meme that makes its way around Twitter every once in a while um, that goes something like a prototype is worth a thousand meetings or something. And it's kind of glib. It's just this like piece of paper taped up, but it's actually <laughs> incredibly true. Uh, we have this unique ability to be planners, but we can also um, crystallize our vision more so than any other kind of business person, um, and use it to persuade and influence other people. Is there a way that we can um, get get you
0: get these things, these interfaces, without any meetings? Can we just like skip? Can you answer that, Adam? That's what i was hoping to achieve. Is uh, no, you know,
1: no, no, no. You- <laughs> You you can't, but you can you can drastically reduce uh, the amount of meetings that are necessary. So if you're if you're no? proactive in, yeah. in this product design role, and you go around to to everyone that's involved, uh, you know domain experts and stakeholders and all these other people, and you're really good at investigation, which is another design skill I think is crucial, uh, and you pull out all the relevant information, uh, you're going to be able to make such a more powerful argument with uh, visual assets than any other person could, whether, you know, whiteboarding or doing whatever else. Um, And then you'll sort of head off the need for 500 more meetings in order to to crystallize that idea. Yeah,
0: that sounds great. Let's skip 500 meetings this year, Anthony. That's the (laughs) new goal. All right. right. (laughs) let's track it man let's get some analytics on our meetings so we can determine and then we'll have meetings to analyze the the analysis of the meetings that's so
2: true though i mean if you if if all of the meetings or workshops are just a bunch of talented people in a room talking about the subjectivity i like this do you like this what do we like you know that doesn't really get get anywhere like what is what is the goal what are the business goals what's you know what's the re- what do we know about the users what do we know what they want come with that research in hand design yeah, because it's with intent
0: yeah with intent right because well with knowledge in hand and having that intent mm-hmm. because man sometimes it just feels like this guy knows photoshop and he knows what's hip he's a designer let's give him this money and he'll ha- he'll make you know our product you know yeah. and it's it's like it feels like the whole like the product design term is new and stuff, but I think it's, you know, symptomatic of that older thinking where it's just like, oh, this is a designer. Just like let him, you know, make us something that looks professional or whatever, but is actually missing quite a few marks. I think people are sort of like, that's not really a good way to do it anymore and, you know, enter the, I guess, product design as as, as a profession. Something that's been taken a lot more seriously
2: uh, you know, uh, one thing that, uh, that re- was really inspirational to me, I was listening to the UX discovery session podcast and they were interviewing one of our previous clients, Peter Merholtz, who, mm. you know, used to work at adaptive path and his new role is a product manager. And he made this brilliant connection between, you know, what, what the, a lot of the work that these product managers are doing is, was basically what, uh, ux strategist quote-unquote was doing at the agency right the strategic planning the use the user research that you know connecting all the dots so was, i thought that was a really interesting way to kind of describe that um mm. it's a little weird for us you know because we have project managers but i uh, in a my goal i think at FunSize size would be to grow our our uh, both our project management and and product designers and to assuring those that's that kind of those kind of skill sets.
0: Let's just define that for people that are listening that don't really understand the difference between like a product manager and a project manager. Does somebody want to take that?
1: Adam, Anthony? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not the expert at all on this kind of thing, but the way I see it is just project managers understand process and structure for moving work forward Uh uh, whether that's agile or some other system or whatever very important stuff but it's kind of like the mechanical plumbing of a project and I see product managers as almost more like film directors or something where they have a vision maintained in their mind and they do everything that they need to do even project management as a subset in order to move everything toward that vision that they have
0: yeah exactly I feel like that that's very well said Adam I think I I feel like you know a project manager is just sort of like I I, view them as sort of like they focus on the milestones, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just making sure everything is actually, you know, good. maintaining the schedule and that sort of thing. But then a product manager, um, is digging down into figuring out what the requirements are for a product and, te- you know, dialoguing with everybody, with do- designers, with stakeholders, investors, with, um, uh, people facilitating user testing and, and sort of making sure that steering the ship in in terms of they're, they're sort of owning it, you know?
1: Yeah. And just maintaining that overriding vision, no matter what, and understanding how to course correct when they feel like it's being exactly, uh, exactly. Lost lost in some way.
0: Exactly. Um, Can, can, can a designer be that? Can a product designer be a product manager? I think so. At the same time,
1: I think they're better suited than almost anybody else. It just, it goes back to the uh, interfaces as a tool for persuasion and communication rather than deliverable. Um, I think we're uniquely blessed with a mindset, like a systems thinking mindset and the ability to um, materialize those mindsets for other people. And I I honestly think that's the right set of tools to to take over that position. Um, You know, it goes back like, I think the classical thing that everyone learns if they go to design school is that um, we're communicators above anything else um, so starting to think about interfaces as this abstract concept of just like a junction between two people, like whether it 's a client and a, and a really good idea um, or a business or a business model and a piece of software like join, yeah. joining joining and connecting those concepts I, th- I think is why we would make. Or do make really great product managers?
0: I I think so. I think I agree. I I just wonder if it can uh, at any point completely replace the need for a product manager because I feel like even though uh, designers have the potential, and not every designer, by the way, I don't think just if you're um, you know a good designer, I don't know that I believe, and I could be persuaded, you know, if I, if I'm wrong about this, but I don't know that I believe that every person who is creatively talented in the visual arts uh is necessarily it's not inborn in them to be a great product manager too because you know some sometimes they focus on the you know the vertical that they're good at and maybe yeah no
1: certainly not i wouldn't suggest that that's the case um and there's really nothing wrong, like just like an engineer who doesn't want to go into management and they just continue down the this, this sort of senior path or whatever it is. Um, like the world absolutely needs really, really incredible icon artists um, and excellent animators and all these other people. Um, and I think if you want to maintain that craftsman route, uh, a craftsperson route, um, you should. And It's incredibly valuable to do that. I think it is a subset of the more planning and architecture oriented people who who find them find their way to design that should take up this role of, of product manager.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of like as important as like, that's important stuff, right. To a product. It's sort of like, this is somebody, a product designer that has these, these product management skills is the person that is taking um, the, the vision and sometimes even pivoting on a vision to sort of, you know, bring, bring this thing to life and 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 everything but however i don't feel like um everybody who's starting a new product at a new startup really gives as much weight to the product designer or designer at all as they do to like engineering or um i don't know someone somebody else on that i uh, I guess it depends on what you're talking
2: about i mean if i mean um the argument you can make you know against that as i look at um today's news you know facebook you know acquiring the senior owners of tn lax you know yeah did you you hear about
1: that adam whoa no i did not (laughs) yeah yeah
2: Um, it's
0: that not totally man they're just taking everybody (laughs) yeah i mean in all those
2: all those acquisitions are, are acquisition for product design talent
0: yeah, um, I I you're right, but um, not everyone. And and think know. of, you know, like Dropbox is definitely like look, really looking really strongly for uh designers and 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 several bigger bigger product companies, but I, I think on the when things are getting started up, um it's just there's not as much consideration yeah. as there are it's, for engineering. That's my opinion or at least I, my I, experience.
1: I think it's true for a couple of reasons. I, I think obviously there's a ton of um, uh, poorly founded perceptions of the field of design from the sort of the startup world and engineering and business in general uh, looking at us. And then I think we do, as a profession, we do ourselves a disservice and marginalize ourselves when we, you know, fight against. Processes and measurement and all these other things that are really important to businesses. Uh, it's not that we should accept them um, whole hog. It's that we should work with them and align design um, with the overall needs of businesses and show, actually, that in a lot of ways, um, product design is just another... Method and actually an extremely effective method for businesses to realize their objectives. Um, and once once you position it that way, once once everyone realizes that that that's the case, um, you find people getting really excited about it and wanting to explore it more. Um, I think it's it just it's a little bit opaque for for most folks. Mm, yeah, and I wonder too. I've I've kind
0: of come come to this. Thought too when you're doing like in, in just in the startup environment like I'm talking like a a small startup uh, environment when something sort of catches fire and they've sort of proved you know that they've got you know some place in the in the market they've the, the users want it basically is that a better time for a designer to you know for for a company to really invest in design like we've proven that this is useful now let's refine the um aesthetic nature and refine the user experience of this
1: yeah oh man it really it depends on the company the domain you're working in and how you see design i i think that's the wrong time Um, i i think it's certainly I wouldn't object to that approach because it will definitely work. You know, a couple engineers come up with some cool prototype that's actually really effective and helps some people. And now we want to spruce things up and, and that's fine. There's really nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you take design seriously at, at the systems thinking level, and uh, you, sh- you, sh- you should have it on board right from the beginning. I, I, and I, I think,
0: I, yeah, and I agree, but I, I'm just sort of like putting it out there that I feel like that's the general tone of how yeah. many, many, not everyone and and definitely not people that we work with either they they take it very seriously um and that's why they're investing and in working with with you know with us and with uh, there's other agencies too but um i don't think that in general it is that that highly considered and, and you know like what is a is a designer really worth because the, not, not not monetarily right but just like considering them as like you don't hear a lot of designers being founding members. There are certainly those products. Um, but I don't know. I'm just kind of pushing against uh, what y'all are saying about, uh, I I mean, I am a designer. I obviously think that there's plenty of, you know, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here,
2: right? Well, it is interesting. I mean, what you just said made me think about our clients a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our clients are great. I love them to death. But there is some truth, and maybe it's just, because where we're based in Austin, Texas, you know, Austin, Texas has historically always had a lot of engineering engineering founded companies. Yeah. There's there's lots of uh, incubators and venture capital places. They offer great mentoring, technology services, even co working space. But no one here has product design, design. service, right? Yeah. So if there is some truth to the fact that people have waited to come to us as a service provider. Until you know they did a grassroots build first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you look at the Bay Area, uh, or even the East Coast, East and West Coast, I, I don't know. I think their their cultures are much more mature and their values. I think, uh, yes, product design. Yeah, I think uh, I think this this part of the country where we're at, Texas and Middle America, is still um, still uh, learning their you know. lesson still got the training wheels on yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, yeah. 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 I, I see i see what you're saying rick definitely i agree with you the popular sentiment i think is to consider design a resource that you engage at a phase um or in a phase usually at the end at you the know end. it's a state you you just kind of like okay now all the work is done um <laughs> yes. you know now now let's do the quick design that's phase exactly make, make, exactly make sure my it, point yeah. Yeah. rather yeah. than considering considering it a methodology to start with yeah um you know at the at the core dna of a business yeah just like you would, uh, you know, a revenue model or something like that. Right. Um, and certainly I think it's we're a little ways off from really getting I, I to the point where, where we're considered a methodology that you should start with from the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then allowing that methodology that was sort of like birthed, you know, with the product idea um, and the users and grow that methodology, that system that has been designed, grow that with as the users grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there has been, you know, and and so often. So, sorry. Just one last point too, no like the to, to your point about the, uh, um, cranking out that that first, you know, MVP or whatever you want to call it, uh, realizing that actually you can do that a lot more effectively with design me- methodology than just a pure engineering mindset. <laughs> Absolutely. A prototype. Um, right? I, I, yeah. I think. I think that. I think the view is often the design is like this fickle. As I said, after the fact thing that you that you paste onto it, rather than oh, this could actually be a really effective way to just um even verify whether this business is gonna work or not. Yeah. I I,
2: I just don't see how it's possible unless you look at the whole equation, like the whole team, like the you know the the strategic thinkers, the visionaries, the it's engineers, true. the designers, I mean, all working together. To me, that is product design.
0: But how hard is it to piece that team together? I mean, how hard is it to just piece, like, two engineers that work really well together, you know? like That's why these companies just get bought out, basically, because it's, like, so much easier to acquire than it is to, like, go one by one down the engineer's list and, and designer's list. That, and, you know, that's probably maybe telling of, of why why it is that way as well, why it's sort of in, in many cases, an afterthought after, you know, post MVP, it's, it's really hard to, to find the right people to, you know?
1: Yeah. That that's where I think it behooves us to really, um, how to be diplomats about the process and don't marginalize ourselves with typically fickle designer behavior, um, <laughs> you know, you know, mesh, mesh ourselves and be chameleons and, and act like business people and persuade people, um, show them that there are better ways to achieve these outcomes and, and let them realize the results themselves, you know, just slip things in. Don't, don't say, Oh, I'm the designer and this is how it has to go. Um, yeah. Produce an idea or convey something, and, and direct uh, a project, and just let the results speak for themselves. And I think most smart people will come around once they see that, that outcome. They're like, "Oh, whoa! Wait a second. This this is really interesting. I want to explore this more." That's that's a very mature way of putting
0: it. A lot of designers, I don't think, can put their ego aside long enough to kind of consider that um,
1: kind and of approach. It, it can be almost a. I, I I was guilty of this in the past two years ago. Like it's almost a point of pride separating yourself from the rest of them being like, Oh, you know, I'm, I, I kind of like, I stand above all this and all that like gross business stuff can happen. And then I'll come in, um, with my stone tablets and tell everyone how it should be after the fact. Like it's, it's just not a productive mindset. Um, so we we should be diplomats and, um, you know, take that approach. My gosh, I think,
0: designers today just need to go through therapy to kind of adopt that kind of mentality because it's it is kind of like that like no 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 no, Listen to my idea i'm the designer i'm the designer you know i'm right i'm right and uh at the same time not exactly being sure that they're right they just sort of demand respect right like we want
1: yeah yeah by by faith. By fiat, by being designers, when exactly. Just like just like everyone else, we have to earn people's respect right. and prove the value of what we're doing. So, uh, Adam, it's it's it's, it's not self evident.
2: No, I I have a question for you. I mean, we don't have like a stone tablet with these values defined, but two of our core values here at Fundsize is um, humility um, and empathy. Um, you know, if we're hiring someone, um, we I personally look for those things over the design, the, the exact talent, uh, for a lot of the reasons that like, I think a lot of the things we've talked about today fall on one of those categories, like empathy and understanding of different fields of psychology or other roles or, and humility, you know, knowing, you know, knowing how to work in a team and, and accepting that, you know, it's, it's for this greater purpose, this user, Mm -hmm. this person, not personal you know this isn't my art project yeah
0: and in reality man i mean you gotta you gotta go on a journey as a as a product designer to come to those like decisions it's not just that you're that good of a designer that you know you know all of the right answers you have to go through sort of you know you need to put yourself through that 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 as well um
2: so adam if you're high like if you were going to hire someone today um you know, what are, you know, what are the, what, what would you say you're looking for?
0: That's a good question. Uh,
2: may, maybe talk a little bit about skill, but to, you know, like about, you know, maybe some of the, these other values.
1: It's exactly those traits that you're talking about. Uh, humility, empathy, um, diplomacy, the ability to connect. Um, like we don't, actually come up with anything on our own usually uh, we have an incredibly symbiotic relationship with other professions we need their raw materials in order to do something really interesting and meaningful um, so i think people who can communicate and connect uh are the most viable designers like even, obviously yeah, there's a standard you have to like a person needs to have some some training in in you know uh class- art principles and um like visual perception and all that stuff so they can produce really good um ui or whatever else um but more than that i think someone's ability to investigate and have conversations um and get to core anxieties and motivations um it's just so much more crucial in order in order to really do good design Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah i agree um
0: yeah that's awesome yeah,
1: it, it's, it's, not, it's not to dismiss, like, all, all of those, the, the, the craft skills are vitally important, but it's almost like you kind of just, I don't know if this is going to sound bad or anything, but you want to assume that those things are there. Um, and if they're not, you can kind of, like, you can train them up to the area that they need to be, if that person has the inclination to be visual in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's very, very difficult to train someone to be um you know, empathic and connective and investigative, yeah. Um, if those that, that,
0: traits aren't already there, yeah, like, yeah, you're like changing a person <laughs> if you're uh trying to bring that out in somebody that that yeah,
1: doesn't, and, and uh, in another way, too, coherent and persuasive, too. Uh, like, as other people have mentioned this, actually, I think like Ryan Singer at 37 Signals, um. I believe, or maybe it was Freed. I don't know. Talking about writing as like the core design ability, um, and oh. I know a lot of a lot of like hardcore UI designers would balk at that and be like, "Well, you know, fuck that." But mm-hmm. it's so true. Like, it, really, really good writing, cohesive writing, is just this this um, manifestation of a person who can think through systems and domains really effectively and communicate those things and translate them to to other folks. Um, and I, and I, I think that's so, I think that's like the first stepping stone to being able to make really good interfaces and interactions that you'll be able to connect, um, people to software systems and databases or, uh, businesses to other businesses or like whatever you're trying to connect ultimately.
0: Mm. Wow. I
1: I feel better after having heard you say that, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: you know, honestly, it's something I think about all the time. Like, you know, what, how does, how does this, this, I don't know. It feels like validating to think of it that way in a a way. But um, uh, I think we
1: are at – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, No, it's not important. I was just going to say designer as connective tissue I think is an important way to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
0: I'll buy that, man. I'll buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we're out of time for today. Uh, Unfortunately, we'll have to kind of cut it off at this point. But – that was uh, pretty awesome, Adam, uh, to hear you kind of talk about it. It gives uh, me definitely some things to think about with, um, with product design. And as we go forward, working with our clients, being humble, (laughs) continuing to keep that attitude. And yeah, that's, that's, that's some good stuff, man. Um,
2: yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey Adam, how do, how do our listeners, uh, find out more about bench and, and you personally, where, where would they connect with you?
1: Uh, yeah please make your way over to bench.co to find out more about bench um we've got a blog going with all kinds of really cool resources for business people um you can find more about me on twitter i guess if you're interested um at adam j saint uh, i don't have a site up right now um it's tremendously embarrassing uh but uh it's kind of it just gets that way once you're involved with one startup for a long enough time yeah um, you, you end up taking it down and, and, and <laughs> hundred one, 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 yeah. one of my resolutions for 2015 is actually to get up a, like a beautiful new, not necessarily portfolio site, but just a, you know, a point of entry to like contacting me and reading some <laughs> of my thoughts and that sort of thing. That's good, um, man. But,
0: yeah. My, I'm the same way, man. Yeah. I, my site is just like a little avatar with like five buttons. <laughs>
1: it's like, <laughs> have you ever noticed that actually most designers, especially like really great ones, um, either just are a little bit cheeky with their, yeah. their uh, personal site design or they just don't have one. Yeah.
0: Or no. then there's the rare people that have like the most incredible design you've ever seen. And then all the rest of the designers are like, man, I'm just going to do a white page <laughs> with <laughs> a, link, a link to my dribble or something. Well, what's that saying
2: that cobbler's cobbler cobbler's
0: children go without shoes. Yeah, something like it's that. It's yeah. definitely yeah. that's, you know, you're designing for, if you're a talented designer, right, you're designing for a lot of other people. You're not spending a ton of time designing for yourself.
1: I don't know. If I, that, think it, <laughs> I think it holds true through a lot of different trades, actually. Like I've noticed, um, like yeah. hairstylists, I think we usually have like nice but super minimal haircuts. Whatever's just uh,
0: easiest to maintain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah definitely.
1: Cool, man. Uh, and
0: you said your Twitter handle, right? Your Twitter handle? Oh, it's I'm just man. Adam. Man. Oh, man. his Twitter handle? Everybody's. Oh. Sure, everybody. <laughs> just Yeah, it's at, at Adam J. Saint. Nice. And then Anthony's at Mantoine. And I'm at Rick Messer and you guys can uh you know subscribe on iTunes if you like the podcast we'd like to hear more of it we got some pretty interesting episodes uh coming up and uh we thank you very much Adam uh for taking the time out today to discuss with us uh these things man it was great great hearing hearing from you today
1: oh no thank you guys this was really lovely I love talking about this stuff and I appreciate you giving me the time
0: Awesome. Okay, guys. Till next time. Thanks very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Pingboard, an employee directory that will supercharge your team. Today's best companies use Pingboard to help their growing team continue to feel small. The PingBoard company directory lets your team learn about each other in a way that's fun and engaging and ensures that they'll always have important info about their team wherever they are. With PingBoard, you have one place to organize everything about your team from private employee data to shared photos, contact info, and fun facts. Now with the PingBoard vacation calendar, your team will always know when someone's out. With a few taps of the PingBoard mobile app, anyone can share that they're working remote, sick, or that they'll be in Belize scuba diving next month. Show your team how much you love them by trying Pingboard out for free at Pingboard.com.